Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Hello and welcome to The Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph and with Amazon Prime Video UK, the home of the US Open in the UK. I can't quite believe that the US Open is already next month. It's only day two of Wimbledon and it is a day, David Law, who sits alongside me, Catherine Whitaker. We've both been working for BBC Radio today. It is a day, David, when your predictions in particular have taken another absolute battering all right i mean it's not a very nice way to start day two podcast is it i mean we, we could have talked about nadal or something nice no but what we have to talk about is petra kvitova who was my pick for the title as well i'm fortunate enough that i didn't pick sloan stevens to face her in the final but but uh yeah let's get this out there i picked Petra Kvitova, the Birmingham champion for the title. She has just gone out to Alexandra Sasnovich in three sets. A six-love third set in that one over on court number one, David. Sasnovich is a good player. She she requires some beating. She was always going to require some beating today. But, but Kvitova... Kvitova, David. I mean, she 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 strategically pulled out ahead of her second-round match in, in Eastbourne, I believe. I don't think the... the the hamstring issue that that she cited as her reason for that I believe that was you know and and she has every right to do so I believe that she just got the matches she needed she got a title I don't think there was anything physically wrong with her today I think she just wasn't on and you have to be on against Sasnovich yeah especially playing the way Sasnovich was today I mean you, you could kind of tell even though I wasn't watching every every ball of that because I was I was on the Nadal match on centre court but just looking at the scoreboard at three all in the first set there were games going juice advantage juice advantage and Kvitova was just sort of holding on and matches that she's in like that I mean she does win a lot of three set matches but when she's at her best you don't get three set matches because she just destroys players I mean she has the sort of game that can overwhelm and she has a game that if she was absolutely on a game I think she would overwhelm Alexandra Sasnovich as well but sitting there next to to Pat Cash in the the commentary box today on the Nadal match he, he did say at about one all in the first set that Sasnovich is a really good player. He's obviously had experience of coaching against her, I would imagine, uh, with Coco Vandewey, or at least being around her game. She had that run to the final in Brisbane at the start of the year, and she was excellent there. She just doesn't give you anything, and she will fight, and she's super fit, and she's tenacious. But it's a it's a terrible loss for, for Petra Kvitova. As, assuming she is fully fit from whatever, as you say, she pulled out of, of Eastbourne with, you know... 
like I say, she was the pick for a few people for the title. She certainly was mine because I think she's probably the best player in the draw when on a game. Maybe you could say Serena Williams is even better, but we certainly don't expect Serena to be at full throttle right now. That's a real upset, and 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 as you say, six love final set. It's not dissimilar in that way to Stevens yesterday, and it just throws the thing even more wide open. It does. It's a huge upset for me, bigger than the up. Even though she's lower in seeding, for me, bigger than the upset of of Sloane Stevens yesterday and Alina Svitolina, who went out late last night after we recorded the podcast. For me, this is this is a bigger upset. Yeah, um, it is. It, it's it's pretty seismic really I've in a in a very wide open women's draw she was the name I'd I'm, I'm defending us here David <laughs> she was the name I'd heard picked out more than any other it's still a, a very wide range of names but she was probably as close to a sort of favourite in this women's draw as there was my and worst run since when one Martin Del Potro lost in the first round in the Australian Open about four years ago and I picked him as the champion who's in your men's final David um, who do you need to come Marin through Marin Cilic and Rafael Nadal well, please don't let me down well Rafael Nadal was brilliant today against little Dudi yeah. Seller whose commentary I, I heard of yours and before they'd even struck a ball David you were knocking three inches off poor old Dudi's height as well, listed in the ATP handbook. Yeah, I believe in accuracy. And, and that thing was listing Doody Seller at five foot nine. Sorry. <laughs> um, but, you know, whilst I don't have a tape measure that could, could fully uh, confirm Doody's latest height, he ain't five foot nine. What do you mean latest height? I don't think he's done any growing for a well, while. I don't know. I still think I've got a bit of growing in me. Well, you're adding insult to injury for poor Doody because he was on the receiving end of a 6'3", 6'3", 6'2" battering he was uh, and he played well he played well did duty seller i mean it, it, when you hear that sort of scoreline you think well how but he was holding his own he was hitting he's a lovely shot maker i mean uh, given his frame he has to time the ball incredibly well and he was middling he has a single-handed backhand and he middles it and he sort of parries it in, in, in a way like a, a a cricketer who's a sweet striker so the ball just pings off the strings without spin on it it just it just zooms over the net uh, um, and and can push anybody around but Nadal's movement and uh, it, it just nullified that but what struck me most of all about Nadal was he got to a point where it was quite obvious he was going to win and he could have won frankly playing his normal clay court game from back with the line judges but in the, the latter half of the third set, he, he stopped trying to win the match like that. And he started to hit out and go for shots that were not really percentage plays normally for Rafa Nadal. And, and to me, it was all designed to try to see where he's at, extend his limits, find out how far he can push himself on grass because he'll believe that that's what he needs to do if he's going to actually make a deep run here and, and end up finding a way against someone like Federer extra pressure on his shoulders now that you've picked him for the final and you so desperately need the points and the predictions challenge before him David on the centre court you also commentated on Garbine Muguruza mm. who beat Naomi Brody uh, of British fame 6275. she was good today Muguruza wasn't she Brody refusing to lie down in that second set you were particularly commenting on how little she gave away in her post-match interview she doesn't give anything away no and, and actually we were talking afterwards about Marion Bartoli who was with us for, for that match was saying well she never does and I think Marion's probably had some experiences of, of trying to interview Muguruza at the French Open and not getting much back 
My mind goes back, say, three years ago when Muguruza first reached the final here, and she wasn't like that at all. She was so open. She was charming in, in press conferences and interviews, just really interesting. And I, I'm sure at some point around there, she, she probably got burnt a little bit by some kind of media coverage or something that made her think, you know what, I'm going to pull the shutters up and just do what I have to do in these situations. I'm not going to worry about cultivating my image or anything like that. I'm just going to be a, a professional because I want I want the best results. I think it's a shame because she's clearly got so much to offer as a personality and, and, and it would be lovely to, to get to know her more. I don't blame her though, really. You know, I, If you want to be the best you can be, I guess you find your own way, but there's obviously a lot more there than, than meets the eye. In terms of her game today... I didn't think she was that good, no. to be honest. No, I, I, I mean, she's, she was really nervous. She was defending the title here for the first time, opening centre court play on Tuesday. I think Brody's not in the greatest form she's ever been in, so she was mishitting quite a bit. But then in the second set, she kind of just hung around, and you could see the nerves in McGruther. And, and we interviewed Brody live on air after, after the match, and, and I asked her, did Muguruza seem nervous to you? And she said, she really did. You know, it was, and 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 I dare say that will go as the week goes on. I think that this this first hurdle was the big one. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? They, I always speak to the guys from Spanish Eurosport whenever I'm at a, a slam for Eurosport um, about their impressions of, of Muguruza because I find her a, a tough nut to crack these days. Exactly as you say, she wasn't always, but she she has rather put the shutters down. And they say they find it really interesting she always says when she gets those sort of quiz type interviews what would you be if you weren't a tennis player she always says actress and they say she's a great actress and and whether that's a ploy to a sort of defense mechanism to to minimize pressure whatever it is they think you know she is acting Mm. a lot of the time acting like i wonder why you know that strut when she walks on court that slightly too cool for school thing a touch of the nick kyrgios maybe you know trying to make out like she doesn't care as much as she does to to alleviate some of the pressure something very interesting that leighton hewitt said in the interview we did a few weeks ago and and one bit that we didn't include in the interview because i know charlie eccleshare of the telegraph wanted to write a specific piece about this for wimbledon which he did run a, a day or so ago so i can tell you about it now he said, Leighton Hewitt, that he worked an awful lot on that side of his game, on, on his presence, on the way he carried himself, on trying to look taller than he really is and bigger than he really is and more attitude than he really has so that players would be intimidated by him. He wanted players to be intimidated, the opponent. He said, everything sends a message, everything you do in the locker room, the way you carry yourself, you must not be somebody that can be pushed around. And you can imagine players like Sharapova have have made a career out of that. Serena Williams, aside from being the best tennis player in the world, is also just a frightening force because she carries herself in a way that owns a court. I imagine owns a locker room. And Muguruza has had to do her bit on those lines as well. I'll tell you somebody else who's really worked on that in the last, well, year, but particularly nine months, and I think uh, Fresi Rosengran and Kjotha Vong's just walked past us and uh, given us a, a, a double-handed wave. Yes. You know. Very nice too. Very. Um, it's Kyle Edmund, David. Yes. Because I, th- I think this time a year ago even, he probably walks into a locker room with, you know, the big names in it, a Roger Federer, a Nadal, a Djokovic, and probably had his head a bit low and, mm. and, and shuffled along and thought, you know, I don't quite belong here yet. But I think now, I don't think he struts around the place in a towel, you know, but I think he 
I think he sticks his chin in the air and puffs his chest out and goes, yep. yeah, I, f- I feel all right here. This He's owning is, it, isn't he? He is owning it. And uh, he won today, incidentally, two, three and five over Alex Bolt of Australia, who's a good story in himself. Uh, he's from Adelaide, I believe. He's from the countryside in, uh, where's Adelaide? So- South Australia? Probably. I think it's in South Australia. Sorry, um, everybody from yeah, Australia. Yeah, he's from the countryside. I was speaking to Mark Woodford uh, about him today because he also is from Adelaide and he was telling me about the big distinction between being a country boy and being a city boy uh, in South Australia. He said he's sort of from Adelaide, but he's not really from Adelaide. He's from the country. Uh, and a couple of years ago, he, he gave up on tennis. He was working as a, a uh, well, you had heard a, a, a fence, a fence, a fencer, but not a, you know... Not like, one of the sword not, ones. Not a swordsman, a, you know... A man that does fences. One of those builds. Um, uh, Mark thought he was a brickie, but anyway, some erecting some kind of structure He's is what he was doing a couple of years ago. Uh, and then uh, apparently Leighton Hewitt was very instrumental in encouraging him to to come back to tennis. Leighton Hewitt also from Adelaide, of course, and and uh, Mark okay lost today, but um, he he had a good run in qualies, didn't he? Beat Kokonakis in the last round, and uh, I think there is confidence that he could be a top 50 player. Mm. So that's a good win for Kyle got, Well, got a chance to, again to speak to Alex Bolt straight afterwards, live on, on air. And, and aside from asking about his, his route to getting back into tennis, and, and as he said, you know, I, I just got disillusioned with it all and, and then came back to it, and I'm really glad I have now. But I asked him what it, what it was like facing Kyle Edmund because, you know, we're obviously looking at him from a British perspective a lot now because Andy Murray's not here Conta on the women's side is carrying the hopes really uh, although Katie Bolter looks like she's just about got a, a good win to join her, her good friend Katie Swan uh, from a British perspective but all eyes really are going to be on Kyle Edmund aren't they uh, in, in many ways if he, if he starts getting a run going and I asked Alex Bolt what was it like facing him you know how, how did you think he looked and he, he said he came out absolutely steaming you know going for it and it reminded me of of the debate that that we had earlier on at the start of the the coverage on Five Live today with Greg Rozetsky we were talking to him about the progress of Kyle Edmund and I put to Greg that Tim Hemman had written that Kyle Edmund just needs to go for it in matches. He needs to stop worrying too much about waiting for opportunities. He just needs to let rip on that forehand as soon as possible in every rally and impose himself. Greg disagreed. He, he felt as though you know you have to work your way into points. You have to improve incrementally those little areas of weakness. He believes, that, particularly on the return, in order to to give himself those opportunities. But I do find that increasingly Edmund looks like he's just taking charge of matches and and that suggests confidence and, and a, an ability to carry himself as, as a British number one. Only his second ever win at Wimbledon so not one to be taken for granted he's never really done anything here I think court one the biggest court he's ever played on here um, so yeah well Who's done Kyle. Next? Uh, while you look that up David I'm going to stay on the Aussie theme uh, and I'm going to mention the fact that Alex Verev got a win over James Duckworth. That was on court number two, seven five six two six. Love uh, looked to be in a bit of a match in the first set. So Zverev moving through the gears now. The, the match that I was covering out on court twelve, I actually covered two Aussies today. I covered Ash Barty, who beat Stephanie Vogler seven five six three, I believe. Uh, and she, boy, speaking of nerves, she looked nervous in that first set, David. I, I, when I say pressure and expectation, I think there is some of that on Ash Barty's shoulders because of 
how good a grass court player she is and how mm. well she's played in the lead up here. I think more, if not uh, as many, if not more grass court wins than anybody else. She, of course, won the title in Nottingham. I don't. I think it's a stretch to say that she's an outside bet for the title. It's not ridiculous given some of the results there have been in women's tennis, but nobody wants to play her that is for no. sure absolutely Style-wise, nobody wants to play Ash Barty she lurks in Muguruza's portion of the draw and uh, yeah I, I, that I mean she, she'd be a match for anyone I she, think she but makes players hit shots they just don't want to be hitting over and over again her slice if you're if you're out there and you're thinking I'd really like to improve my slice just watch Ash Barty okay. hit her backhand slice over and over again because I, I, I believe it's perfection really Oh. Yeah, you need it's, is slice is not something you're in need of, David. You need some more topspin. Okay, who can I go to for that? that well, Nick Kyrgios. Oh, Nick Kyrgios only on only on the forehand side, the backhand flat as a pancake. But right. Nick Kyrgios came through in four sets over Dennis Istomin. It was a bizarre Nick Kyrgios match, David. You Com- you, you you really mean that? Completely was- uneventful. Well, actually, I say that there was a there was a uh, a poor ball girl hit in the arm by a 135 mile per hour Kyrgios first serve, Ooh, nasty, uh, and uh, she ran off crying. I believe she's okay. I'm sure there'll be some sort of presentation of of flowers or something. He, to he her was as quite nice, customary. wasn't he? About he it? was delightful, absolutely delightful. It was, a, in fact, a very big point. He was saving break point in the fourth set, 30 40. I think it was three four. So it was a very very big point. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was probably the, the biggest single event of the match. I mean, Kyrgios was doing a little bit of sort of shrugging and shaking his head, but no histrionics. I think there was one sort of very vague attempt at a tweener. Um, Couldn't even be bothered. I mean, there were forty-two aces. Forty-two right. aces. Um, that was the story of the match. Istomin was decent, um, but I think it was a Nick Kyrgios that is attempting to knuckle down. I think it's a Nick Kyrgios that's gone. Hang on a second. I'm 15th seed. I, I, you know, I practically skipped the clay court season to give the grass my all. Maybe I'm okay with, you know, leaving it all out there and saying I'm going to try and win this. But How many then, times have we said this? I know, I know, but it was so different. It was so. It was almost flat, and I think it was a performance that added weight to your argument, David, that he needs to do that stuff to fire himself up. There's obviously a balance. You don't want to see him doing it too much. You don't want to see him tanking or being unpleasant umpires or any of that stuff there's obviously a line with him but I do think he requires a certain amount of it to to fire himself up because it was flat today Nick Kyrgios will play against Robin Haaser in the next round of the Netherlands I mean he's quite a dangerous player and a a, a fellow that you never quite know what you're going to get who does Kyle Edmund play uh, hold on a minute can I just say this is too delicious for for, for delaying If, if Kyrgios wins that match he could end up playing against Bernard Tomic. <laughs> who won today. <laughs> who, who won today. And, uh, although Kane Ishikori is in that section as well, so that's the, that's the scheduled, seeded one. But yeah, Kyle Edmund is up against Bradley Klan of the United States uh, in the next round. I Yuichi would call Sigita. that a good draw. It's a good draw. And if he gets through that, Edmund, and this is what Greg Rosetsky is predicting will happen, he Djokovic. would face most likely play Novak. 
Djokovic. Who is on court as we speak, leads 3-2 with the break in the first set against Tennis Sanguin. Also on court mm. at the moment, the world number one, Simona Halep, leads by a set and a break, 3-2 in the second okay. over Karumi Nara. So if something drastic happens there, we might come back for a, a, an addendum to yes. this podcast. But we are predicting we, that we, nothing drastic we will. We want to get away for the football. We, we may or may not want to go and watch the football. But, do, you, uh, do you want a prediction for that? <laughs> no, I'll tell no, you what. definitely do not. Um, um, I think Maria England would definitely lose. Maria Sharapova is playing on court number two at the moment. How do you oh, think she feels about that? Probably not best pleased is no, my, court my number prediction. Two, uh, she's on serve in the first set against, uh, I think, Victoria Diachenko, Vitalia Diachenko. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I don't think Maria Sharapova will enjoy being on court number two at all. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. What else have we had today? Katie Bolter, I think, oh, she was certainly in a winning position against Veronica Cepede Roy on court number 14 when we started recording. That is a good draw. I mean, look. Isn't it? That's yes, a good draw. Yes, Cepede Roy takes the grass. There's no question that that is a good draw. However, we've seen other British players today, and we talked about it yesterday the fact that Katie Swan got her straightforward win in the end after watching Harriet Dart, you know, heroically but ultimately unsuccessfully go out of this tournament Casey Bolt has followed Jay Clark onto the court who's been deep in a fifth set and performed admirably against Ernest Golbis and really you know quite unlucky Golbis uh, Clark rather not to get the win in the end I mean he, he stuck with Golbis all the way through and, and just missed out 6-4 in the fifth we've seen other matches like that Gabby Taylor played against Eugenie Bouchard oh that was a weird yeah, match I mean, she, she withstood a, a love six first set did Taylor ended up losing 6-3 in the third so she performed well but Bolter has gone out there and just got the job done and, and I think that that's, that's
that's really impressive, assuming she has got the job done. And I'm just having a quick <laughs> yeah. look down the scores here you to make sure. You double check that, David, while I tell you about Jake Hold Carter. on, she hasn't. It's one, <laughs> <laughs> it's one set all. It's turned around. Uh, so she lost She's the... gone out there and she hasn't got the job done yet. <laughs> Not yet. 7-5 down is Katie Bolter in the second set. And uh, she's break point down in the third at one game all. L- live updates here on this recorded <laughs> tennis podcast that you'll be listening to in about 12 hours. So how time. do I sum that up now then? I mean, you know, she's blown it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit harsh, isn't it? But anyway, I don't know because I haven't been able to watch it. Joe uh, so Conter, David, that is a match that is finished. That let us I know. We should probably f- stick to finished tennis At matches. tennis podcast, did Katie Bolter blow it? Was her opponent amazing? You tell us. 7-5, seven, 7-6, right. seven, Joe Conter. Now, she had the opportunity to clinch that first set. I think she served for it 5-3. Yes. Uh, got taken to a tie break. Now... Um, I didn't watch much of this, but I did have a good chat with Sarah Orchard and Naomi Cavaday, who were covering it for for Five Live, and uh, they weren't that convinced by Joe Conter. No, I, I mean listening she to got the job done, but Naomi Cavaday was was saying, you know, full credit to her because she's found a way to to get this win, and and I I think it's I think it's a really big win. I, I, I hope for her sake that it means that she uses it as a platform, that it gives her confidence and she's actually able to free herself up and play the sort of tennis she's able to. But at the very least, it felt like a big win because, I mean, she's, she's 24 in the world right now. A year ago, she was seven in the world. And she's got semi-final points to defend here. So she's going down probably another 10, 15, 20 places after this tournament. Maybe more. I don't, I don't know exactly if she doesn't win that match. You if, know? if she would have gone down to approximately 44, 45 really? in the world had she lost wow. today. Yeah, depending on other results. Which is, you know, you're now talking a, a pretty dramatic drop in ranking, which is then catching up all those results that we've talked about over the last year. But just feel as though she she needed this because she needs to be able to get herself back out on the center court and be the center of attention and feel good and start and getting whoa, some wins well i think being center of attention is actually the last thing she needs david i think being on court two was good for her today i think she i think certainly for the early rounds good for presu- the first presuming round. there are early rounds yeah. uh, rounds plural uh i th- i think being a bit away from the spotlight is good you know i, I I uh, spoke to Sam Smith for a feature for BBC TV about Conti yesterday, and she was so insightful um, about her being an, intro- being an introvert um, and mm. you know everything that that entails. There's a lot of misunderstanding of introversion. Um, it just means that being around people and uh, uh, and having attention and all of that. It doesn't mean that you don't like it. It just means it saps your energy. Um, and uh, yeah, which one am I? I don't know, actually, David. Okay. It's all. It is all about where you get your energy from. Do you right. feel like when when you have a, a great night out with with friends, chocolate? Do usually. you feel tired at the end of it, or do you feel like you're recharging during it? Oh See, so an introvert can very much enjoy. For, for example, I'm. I think I'm an introvert. Right. I, I know I'm an introvert. Okay. I very much enjoy a night out with people. It's not that I don't enjoy the company of others, but at the end of it, I feel tired. I feel like it has sapped my energy. Right. Okay, I don't know which one I am. I'm right. going to have to give this some thought. I've never thought about it before. I thought an introvert and an extrovert was something completely different. So I'm learning things, tennis podcast. Anyway, Joe Conter's an introvert. And, and her uh, next round opponent <laughs> is Dominika Sibylkova. Well, who has a big point to prove. Is she an introvert? I don't think so. No. She puts those pictures of herself in, yeah, in the lift. Lift selfies. Yeah. Um, so maybe she gets tired after a night well, out. Well, yeah, exactly. You can't necessarily judge who's an introvert and who's not. So... 
yeah but any, any, anyway David we have very much digressed um, and there's a football game to watch oh, so. yeah. <laughs> um, she plays Dominika Sibilkova next who has this big point to prove because she was the player that got bumped out of the seedings oh, yeah. by Serena Williams and she had intense. big things to say about that she didn't think it was right she didn't think it was fair and I can very much understand why she felt that way because she is the she is the one person most effective. It's to the benefit of lots of other people, to benefit of all the other seeds that were guaranteed not to meet her in the first round, and she's the one that's taken the hit. Um, she she and, and she beat Lise Cornet today. That's not the easiest of no. first round draws either. No. Beat Lise Cornet, and I I don't know. I think that's really tough for introvert Joe Conta. I think that's tricky, and it's going to be on. I I, I reckon they'll put that on court one. Yeah, I That's think you're probably guess. right. At Tennis Podcast, get your predictions in. <laughs> we love predictions on this show. Um, anyway, uh, sorry, I, I didn't even get to my Sam Smith story. What was I it again? Got, I, I got um, diverted by trying to diagnose you as an introvert or extrovert. Okay, what was your story? Her story was um, recounted on beh- behalf of Joe um, about reaching the semi-finals here last year. At some point along her run, she went into her local supermarket and she saw herself on the front page of all the papers and she just completely freaked out. She just ran out of the supermarket and couldn't cope with it. Almost had what I would potentially describe as a panic attack about it. Oh you know, and I can very much sympathise with that, but what Chris Evert has had to say about her, big interview that Chris Evert did, is that she probably just doesn't have the personality type to be a top top player she might get back into the top 10 but the fact is she looked so tense out there on court to do two today and you could see what you described with Grigor Dimitrov you know the gripping the racket really hard Mm. generally speaking Chris Everett points out top top players world number ones etc they aren't like that they aren't of that personality type they you know that so we have an order of play, David. Isn't That's what you just put in front of me. I, I just, I do find the mental side of sport absolutely intriguing, and especially because we're not players. It'd be, it'd be so interesting to know how you would react under this this extreme pressure. Um, I do feel feel for them at times. They're so exposed. It's a great sport, but my and goodness, we we are far too guilty often of expecting them to be superhuman. And, and you know, I think probably the likes of Federer, Nadal, and Serena have a lot to answer for there because they we we take their extraordinariness for granted. A few other results before I update you on the order of play, which has just hit the presses uh, Dominic Team retired against Marcus Bagdatis he was trailing two sets and a break Del Potro won today against Peter Goyovchik Angelique Kerber beat Vera Zvonareva blast from the past there yeah. uh, Kerber was very good David Goffan lost uh, what else do we have Jay Clark lost in five sets yeah, in the hashtag that, Brit, I mean, Britwatch he, he did a good job that was a good performance from him and he'll learn lots from it mm. I know it's tough losing in five sets and I know it, it's a cliche but he does seem like the sort of guy that will take a lot from that any other business David before I update us all Misha Zverev David lost did he? The champion of oh, Eastbourne. That's a shame. In uh, straight sets to Pierre Rugebert. Oh, well, I do like Pierre, but I mean, I would have loved to see Zverev have a go at Nadal that's on these shocker, courts. That's a shocker, isn't it? Yeah, After it is winning bit, Eastbourne? A bit maybe like uh, Borna Church losing. So come on, let's have this order of play. Maybe he's a bit play. tired. Order of play. Karolina Pliskova against Victoria Azarenka, first on centre. Oh, I that's approve. A good one. Yeah, I want to watch that. Roger Federer. Oh, he's on centre again. Oh, well, there you are. Yeah, what Lucas Lachko okay. is his opponent. Um, and Victoria Tom- Tomova. 
have to say I don't know much about her. From Bulgaria takes on Serena Williams. That is on third on centre. Court one sees Venus against Dulgaru, Alexandra Dulgaru, who Venus couldn't recall ever having played in a press conference yesterday. Katarina Makarova takes on Wozniacki and then it's Chilich and Pella. Can I just say, we need to keep an eye on this because this is three days in a row now where it has been proper equality between the genders on these two main show courts. If you add them all up... Actually, I think after tomorrow, there have been more women's matches on the main two show courts overall than there have men's. I think that is a significant shift. Bizarre, though, given how staunchly the, the club have been defending hmm. the, the imbalance attitude up until now. But you're absolutely we'll right. Just, we'll you know, just, the, the, we'll the, just the, tot the it up. Good for them. Yeah, good for them. I, I, I don't know why they wouldn't make a song and dance about the fact that they're doing it and say, Not yeah. Not really we, their style, is it? But I'd, let's keep an eye on it. Yeah, that's true. Well, hang on. They've made this song and dance about the fact that they haven't wanted to no, do it. but let's keep an eye on it. We're keeping an eye on it. Uh, Millman against Raonic. Uh, what else have we got? Katie Swan on court three, up first against Mihaela Buzanescu. Uh, Vavrinka, court number three. Tatiana Maria, she was the one that beats Vitalina. Um, yeah, who are we going to lose from our predictions tomorrow, David? I don't want to talk about it. I'm, I'm sick, <laughs> sick to my stomach about it all. As <laughs> so long as you don't lose Marin Cilic tomorrow, David. Can I pull out or something injured? <laughs> I mean, I've got a mental injury <laughs> that stops me being able to predict. There we go. David Law is out of Wimbledon. (laughs) That's our headline in The Telegraph tomorrow. We've been The Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph, with Amazon Prime Video UK, the home of the US Open in the UK. The US Open, which I can't believe actually takes place next month. Uh, David and I will be back tomorrow on day three of Wimbledon. And just a reminder that, as always, we're brought to you in association with La Manga Club, with our three executive producers, tennisballs.com, Melanie Bose and Triple S. And Charlie the Ferret. We'll see you tomorrow. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.